everyone, and welcome to JBFC Podcast, the official podcast of the Jacob Burns Film Center and Media Arts Lab. I'm your host, Andrew Jupin, and this week I'm very excited because I got to have a conversation with acclaimed Thai filmmaker Apichitpong Wirasethakul, uh, affectionately known as Joe, or Thailand Joe, who we're going to have here March 19th. We're opening a retrospective of his work here at the Film Center, starting things off with Tropical Malady for our opening night film. Joe will be here for several weeks working on a new film project that he's going to talk about a little bit in our conversation, and he's going to be here in and around the lab, our latest international fellow. If you remember last year, we had Joe here for a quick bit of time for a screening of Uncle Bunme, who can recall his past lives. There was a great conversation afterwards with Kent Jones, and... It was just incredibly fascinating. His films, if you're not familiar with his films, they are like nothing else you'll ever watch. Uh, I I know that sounds like something that everybody says about every acclaimed director, but in this case, with a Pichipong, it's very, very true. His films feel like you're watching two-hour dreams. They're very personal films, uh, personal to, to Joe's life specifically, personal to the history of Thailand and the current politics of Thailand. Joe is a filmmaker uh, that works predominantly outside of the Thai film industry because of the very strict censorship laws that they have in that country. So he's sort of been forced to find other ways and routes around to to get his get his film screened and shown. And now, you know, we have very few directors nowadays who when a filmmaker comes out with a new film, it's it's a a event, a cinematic event, you know, for the for the film for the film community. Now, Joe has such a strong reputation in the American American film community and the European film community as well. He's very much loved and appreciated for the work that he's given us. And again, if you're not familiar with his films, just to give you a few Examples, uh, you know, again, we played we played Uncle Boonmei, who can recall his past lives. That's his most recent film. And then, of course, there is Mysterious Object at Noon, Blissfully Yours, Tropical Malady, uh, and Syndromes in a Century. Syndromes in a Century, which was another film he, he fought some strict censorship laws on. Uh, and we talk about that a little bit in our conversation. So uh, without further ado, I'll get right to it. This is... My conversation with filmmaker Apichat Pong, Joe Virasethakul. And on the line now, I'm pleased to welcome Apicha Pong Virasethakul to JBFC Podcast. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Now, we're going to have you here in a few weeks with a, with a retrospective of your work, and we're going to get to that a little later on. But first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about your films and your process and sort of a little bit of your own philosophy on uh, filmmaking. So I guess I want to start with the the themes in your films. Uh, the, the themes in your films revolve a lot around dreams and sexuality and family and uh, also the Western perceptions of Asia and specifically uh, Thailand. I was just curious, what are some of those perceptions and how have they changed in any way since you've started making films? Well, that's a 
good question. I mean, that I ask myself as well because I don't know what is a Thai film and whether we have this identity in the form of cinema. So when I started out, I I kind of recorded my hometown, my mother's voice, my friends, and so it was like learning to see with this new set of eyes. So with with this frame and its limitation. So and. I've been making films for 17 years, so this is my teen period. I mean, career-wise, I think. So I still don't think that there is a Thai kind of film yet. There, there are only a mixture of forms uh, from Hollywood, from Japan, Korea, from television. So, well, perhaps like we as a Thai film now is kind of like hybrid cinema and and for your question yes I I know I noticed that my practice has changed like the country has changed quickly in the past decade that especially about the politics that is transforming uh, with the you know with with the technology with the internet uh, explosion so we sense more and more and about the democracy and argue more about it and and then we, we also had realized that we're not living in a democracy country as advertised by the government so these feelings of change of death of transformation is is present in 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 several of my works yeah and you mentioned your family, and there is all of your films contain uh, lots of personal components to them. And I'm curious if you would ever, if you would ever agree to attach yourself to a project you didn't feel any kind of personal attachment to, or is it even possible for a filmmaker to create a piece that has no personal reflections at all? Mm, I don't think so because I think everything is personal. Again, the a frame of the film is is your eyes. It's how you look. Uh, so a cut, a pan, is they are all your subjective points of view. And so my answer is that it's impossible for anyone to create a movie with no personal attachment. You know, even Hollywood is personal too. I mean, it, it, at least it shows that the freedom of the filmmakers. Uh, you know they have it or not, you know, it's all the lack of it. So this, this kind of thing that always has uh, the maker behind. Yeah. And along with that, with making films uh, in Thailand, you've had to, you've, you've found yourself working outside the, the filmmaking system in Thailand. You've battled a lot of uh, censorship with your films in the past, specifically with something like Syndromes in a Century. What's the current status of censorship in Thailand, and has has working around that strict system helped your filmmaking in any way? Have you benefited from it, or do you feel like it's hurt you? I think so, because this strict system, this conservative, like ultra-conservative climate here has driving young filmmakers to to say things differently, to say things that matter to us. So I see the censorship differently from when that censorship of uh, Syndrome in a Century happened. That was in 2007. 
So, but at that time, I fought by starting a petition, seminars, I wrote, and and now the result of those activities, the, the censorship have, bureau has had been taken care of by the Ministry of Culture uh, instead of the police. So, and now we have a rating system. Uh, is the is the rating that you know 13 plus to 20 minus, which means that movies are prohibited for audience age below 20, which is kind of stupid because here you, you can vote when you are 18 already. So, um, but still they have a power to ban movies, uh, like what happened just last year. They they banned a movie that has. Uh, about a transvestite who raised her children alone and so they say it's threatened for the national security and you know it will create instability in the country so anything can be you know thrown into that more for them so uh, so so that film was banned and but I view the censorship differently with less contempt and more more sympathetic because I, I know that the best way is to continue making movie and it's at least it's not as bad as uh, Iran or you know some other countries. And has the the strict censorship laws in Thailand have they ever made you consider making a film outside of Thailand, maybe working? you know, in, in the U.S. or somewhere in, in Europe exclusively because of these regulations? Or do you think you could you could never really uh, stray away from, from making films in, in your home country? I think it depends on where I'll be living because my films, what I've been making now, is always based on my personal experience. So, um, of course, if I move somewhere, yes, so the film will reflect that. Yeah, but just to go there and make film is, is it's not in my mind now. When you were last here at the Burns, we had a screening of Uncle Boon May Who Can Recall His Past Lives, and you were you were speaking then about uh, filming on 35mm and how it was such a crucial component to uh, the structure of Uncle Boon May. And there are some filmmakers out there now, like David Lynch, who say they're sworn off 35mm forever. They're never going back. Um, as a filmmaker, who's you've worked both in 35mm and digital. Do you prefer uh, a format? This is a big issue now uh, in the filmmaking world, switching over fully to digital. Do you think you would ever move over permanently to digital, or is there always a place for 35mm filmmaking? I... I... Mm, it depends on the what happened around the the world with, with Kodak with Fuji. Of course, I for me uh, nothing beats uh, the film either sixteen or thirty five or even super eight in terms of uh, you know the looks the quality is uh, is chemical and that uh, it is closer to our body this chemical reaction. I mean that's my romantic logic, but. Really, sometimes you know our eyes see this grain, like in the evening light. Uh, it's really close to what film can offer. So, uh, but to answer that, I I'm sure that you know I'll be working on digital uh, for solely uh, because I have to adapt to this uh, grainless looks, uh, the looks of the future. Say, yeah. 
Uh, well, that's good to hear. I mean, we here at the Burns, uh, of course, always support 35 millimeter uh, with our repertory programming and, and stuff like that. So it is it's nice to hear filmmakers working today, uh, you know, that are still excited about working on actual film. On March 19th, we're going to open a retrospective of your work here, uh, starting off opening night uh, with Tropical Malady. And uh, we're certainly not the first uh, cinema to hold uh, a retrospective of your work. What does it mean to you to have film houses all over the world screening your films and, and having you know cinephile audiences eagerly awaiting the next film project from you? Mm, it feels great, of course. <laughs> it's... It's really beautiful. I mean, it's, it's the beauty of this medium to be able to share love, sadness, happiness with strangers. So it's, it's really interesting, especially now that there's more options there, internet uh, streaming options. And so it's, it's really exciting for me. And uh, while you're here with us in the next coming weeks, you're also going to be doing some post-production work at the Media Arts Lab uh, on a, a current project that you're working on. I was wondering if you could speak on that a little bit as to what uh, what the project is. Uh-huh. Yes, it's a 60-minute film um, about the my actor relationship and the uh, the river and the hotel along, along this river. Uh, it's called Mekong River. Uh, and because I now I'm pretty obsessed with uh, this river and the impact that it has on on the countries uh, that situate around it, uh, from China to Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. So and also the the construction projects, uh, especially those hydroelectric dams that popping up in China and in Vietnam, so uh, in Laos, sorry. So um, uh, this is just the first uh, project that uh, deal with this um, this relationship of water and uh, the human. And, yeah, so uh, what I will be doing at the Burn Center will be uh, finishing it uh, to do the color grading and um, you know, apply the sound to it, yeah. That's really great. We're really excited that you're going to be working here at the lab with that. And then uh, hopefully we'll get an opportunity at some point to screen the film uh, at the cinema, which would be very exciting. While you're here with us also uh, at the Burns, we're, we're going to be playing uh, some films that uh, have, have made a personal impact on you and your filmmaking, some of your uh, most influential films. Uh, was there a particular film that made you stop and realize, you know, hey, I want to work in moving images in some capacity. Was there ever that moment with a certain film that made you realize this was how you wanted to express yourself artistically? Well, actually, it's a, it's a Spielberg films, but I didn't select them. I mean, th- those films by Spielberg are when I was, what, uh, 12 or 13, and I was, uh, that's when I really wanted to make movies uh, but what I selected uh, for the bird center are the ones that really have an impact for me um, for when I was a kid this this one film called the snake man is uh, 1970 and that that's the year I was born but I, I saw it I think when I was seven or something it's, it's a horror story it's a Cambodian film that it's uh, uh, 
it's a it's a story about the the girl who has a head uh, her head is full of snakes and that because her mother's kind of made has been mating with the the snake uh, kind of uh, shaman yeah so so the the girl has become has this possess this power on her head uh, with all this creature on her head and and I really like this uh, animism and you know and the magic of cinema that that I think that's what draw me to cinema um, until now yeah mm. and I hope I hope that you you guys can find this print that I want to see it again maybe it's awful I don't know. <laughs> Finally, the the question I want to uh, sort of wrap up here on Joe is: uh, in all your films, in in one way or another, there is a, a dream component. Whether or not it's a it's a dream you've had, or you're trying to create uh, a a dreamlike state within your films, and I'm I'm wondering if you could just speak on the importance of dreams to you and the challenges that you face bringing these dreams onto the screen? Mm, it's always a, a dream. I mean, even reality is like a dream for me. Um, when, when I look at my memories, and I think for, for many of us also, we, we look at our experiences like very cinematically you know we have a close-up we have a long shot we have slow motion you know so so you know our pattern of thinking in this generation is very cinema cinema like so so and when you go to cinema is is you know in the dark and it's the activity of being hypnotized uh, on the screen is like you're watching the fire when when your ancestors were in caves or something, so so the, we have this quality. Do we have this uh, DNA of uh, of, of uh, dream? You know, when watching movies anyway. So uh, so I try to heighten or focus on that in, in the films. Well, Joe, I want to just give a quick thanks to uh, taking some time out and talk with us tonight. We're really excited to have you here. Uh, March 19th is when our retrospective of your work opens. We're very excited to have you back at the Burns uh, for a little bit longer stay this time. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Really looking forward to it. Okay, great. We'll see you in a couple weeks, Joe. Thanks so much. Thank you. See you. I'd like to thank Joe one more time for for taking time out of his his busy schedule to to call in and uh, and speak with me for just a little bit. Uh, he's a he's a very busy person, and again, you know, we're very excited to have him coming back to the Burns for a little bit of an extended stay this time. Again, that's March nineteenth. The We're Set the Cool retrospective opens up here. Tickets are on sale now, and along with with tickets, any other education information, volunteer information, or screening information can always be found on our website, Burns Film Center. 
burnsfilmcenter.org. If you have a question for me, you can reach me at podcast at burnsfilmcenter.org. Check us out on iTunes. The show is completely free, of course, to download. We are on iTunes. Uh, past episodes of the show, past interviews with filmmakers and students, and just discussions uh, of movies, which is what we love to do here, of course, at The Burns. So until next time, I'm Andrew Jubin, and this has been JBFC Podcast. <laughs>